0: Welcome to One Tired Teacher, episode 164, How Elementary Teachers Start with Project-Based Learning. So today, we're going to talk about project-based learning with a very special guest, Renee Heinrich, from Schoolyard Science, and she's going to talk to us about some steps and things that we can do to incorporate project-based learning in our elementary classroom. I hope you stick around. (music) Welcome to One Tired Teacher. And even though she may need a nap, this teacher is ready to wake up and speak her truth about the trials and treasures of teaching. Here she is, wide awake. Wait, she's not asleep right now, is she? She she is awake, right? Okay. From Trina Deberry Teaching and Learning, your host, Trina Deberry. Hey. So I'm excited to have Renee on the show today to talk about project-based learning. It's been a really long time since I really dove into project-based learning. I, I did this in 2011 when I was getting my master's. From full sale in education, technology, and media design, and I I got to work with Apple actually when they were working with project based learning, and it was such an incredible experience, and so many standards integrated, and so much learning going on. It was really, really unbelievable. It's it's a, it's difficult to start. I will say, like it's helpful if you can find kind of a guide or some things that like that help you get started or even reading some material. Renee is going to talk a little bit about how to start and how some ideas of like springboarding and because one of the first things you do is you come up with this big idea and then you you create a hook. engage the students. And so Renee will talk a little bit about that. And if you want to hear more about this topic, Renee is also at STEMCon 2022 this year. This is another fellow STEMCon presenter. And so you can check out that session. Hopefully you're going to be joining us if you want more information, it's wwwtrinadeveryteachingandlearningcom forward slash STEMcon22. And you can click on over there to see more information and details about how to sign up and all that good stuff. It's really right around the corner. Actually, it is this weekend. When this episode comes out, it will be this weekend coming up. Is that right? Yes, it starts on the 8th. So we just have a few more days. So don't miss out. You're going to... To be so sorry if you do and don't worry you don't have to be there you don't have to be live there are some live part there are some live components that will go on in the facebook but they will also be the replay will be placed into our normal conference site and which is where all the other good Sessions are loaded and recorded and ready to go. I put, put sent my three sessions off a couple of weeks ago. By the time this comes out, it, it will have been a couple of weeks ago for me. It was really just yesterday, <laughs> but I'm excited and I can't wait for this conference. It's always rejuvenating and motivating and so much fun. So I hope that you will join us again. You can watch these this for up to a year. You have it up to a year. You have like 365 days to watch it. So if you did a little bit at a time, you could stay inspired and motivated for a whole entire year. Hope to see you there. Let's get on with the show. I'm excited to have a special guest and friend here today from Science Schoolyard, and that is Renee Heinrich. And she is going to talk to us about project-based learning.
1: Welcome, Renee. Renee. Thank you for having me. I appreciate uh, being able to talk a little bit about uh, my next steps in uh, my figuring out what I can do with my students each and every day. Yeah, that's so exciting. I know that
0: I I remember when when they first like project based learning became like a thing. I I had just graduated with my master's in uh, from Full Sail, which is like a it's not really a school for education, but it was an educational technology and media design. It was the only program in education.
1: Okay. And I don't know
0: why I'm telling this part, but they are very, <laughs> um, they're very like, they're known for like, they're. The people that go to school there get like Emmys and Tonys and things like that. Like they're very artsy. So I was really drawn to it. And it was such a cool experience. And one of the things they worked with Apple when I was graduating in 2011 and they were doing project-based learning. So I got to do it. I got to do, I got to do it and be with Apple and be in this study. And then they, Apple presented on it and I, they had me in the video. It was crazy. So yeah, but it was so long ago that I feel like I know it was very involved and it was a lot, it was totally different than what I had actually been doing. It was, you know, so much more exploration and so much more of the students leading the charge. And so I want you to talk a little bit about it as if like, I didn't know anything. Like I have no background knowledge because it feels like, I feel like it's been so long that I feel like I don't, I might not know anything. (laughs)
1: Well, let me tell you three days before school started this year, I took on a new position and I had been teaching science for 13 years um, for kindergarten through fifth grade students. But I made this last minute decision because once again, our specialist team was transferred to a new school. And the idea of building relationships is something that I really value. Mm -hmm. And so six times in that, you know, 13 year span, it just was too much movement. So hard just needed stability. And so um, being a new GT STEM educator instead of a science and STEM teacher, I really needed to find a way to hook my higher level thinkers. So I started off just using STEM challenges uh, because that's what I was used to doing Mm -hmm. with my kindergarten through fifth grade students. But what I needed to find was like long range challenges that met their needs. And so I have used project-based learning um, projects in the past but just kind of here and there, and knowing what the difference between STEM and uh, project based learning was, I kind of needed to figure out how I could create authentic outcomes so mm-hmm. that they were able to take what they learned and use it in the future. And what my students were creating was meaningful and, and not just one and done challenges like I was doing in the past. Mm-hmm. What I was doing to kind of, I had to really learn a little bit more about project-based learning because what I was finding was I needed to stretch some of the things that I was doing and customize my lessons um, so that what my my GT and enrichment kiddos were learning was something deeper. Mm-hmm. And so at first, I needed to figure out you know how to change that perspective of not just one and done, but long range. And so, as I was researching project based learning, I was looking at the idea that we look at what's happening in our community or what's happening in our school. Um, You know, I'm the leader in me, um, school ambassador. So, how can I use everything that I had around me to make deeper? Uh, projects and and challenges for my students. So my primary um, students, as well as my intermediate students, I look at them a little bit differently. For primary, I, I could use project-based learning. Right now, I'm getting my head around um, using STEM challenges for them. But my older kids, mm-hmm. I'm finding that they really love the bigger and deeper challenges. And so um, I do start off with um, a big idea. Mm -hmm. Um, Right now, we are just finishing up one of our students, Um, for example, kind of give you an idea of what a project-based learning activity looks like so you understand what I mean by deep. So the project that we're working on right now is one of our students um, is actually a volunteer at our local um, um, humane society. But um, in this regard, she actually decided that she was going to volunteer her time at the new um, no kill center in our, our community. And she was really excited to come and talk with me about it. And I thought, well, wow, this is a really great opportunity for this new community um, site to be able to be our springboard. So what I ended up doing with our youngers, um, our primary kiddos for enrichment is we made a pet store and we researched what it was like to have a pet and what we would need in order to care for it. So I used a reading of nonfiction to tie Mm -hmm. in their research. And then they engineered um, a model of a pet that they would sell at their pet store. And so so they had to name their pet store Smarty Pets. I love that. That's so (laughs) cute. (laughs) So we have the Smarty Pets pet store and our third graders have created a persuasive writing piece. And our first graders and second graders are actually coming in next week to walk around the pet store. And they are getting a little dollar bill um, to be able to place in uh, one of the cans that we're having at each one of their sites. After they're persuading first graders and second graders to adopt their pet or take their pet home, um, they are able to choose whether or not they're actually going to give it up and and give the their pets that they've made to someone that really wanted their pet to take home. Our older That's friends, adorable. And so many, like it. it's so
0: many Standards like I'm like oh persuasive writing and informational texts and yeah yeah and real world problems and like your brain is going yeah I mean that's yeah that's that's so exciting. All right, keep going.
1: so our fourth and fifth graders, we ended up because of our um our friend that was in fifth grade that was telling me all about this rescue center. Um, we decided that we were going to learn the difference between a uh, no-kill center as well as like a humane society where um they euthanize. Um so we she gave us brochures. She got brochures from from the um center and she gave it to us and we looked at all of the animals that were there for rescue and we compared the two facilities. And so the students um in fourth and fifth grade are creating a no kill center, um, where they are making sure that every one of the engineered pets that they made, the animals, the dogs and cats, um, were able to get a home. So they actually made their pets to be able to make sure that they're adopted out. And so, um, That's so cool. it just, It's neat because now we have another friend that actually went um, after school with our fifth grader and they went and they were petting all of the animals and holding them and taking care of them. And so they're all just really excited about that. This is something that they can do even as a fifth grader. So tying in the community.
0: Yeah. So, so it's like, you also have like that social studies aspect. No, I think that is, I think that's so cool. How much, where do you start? Like as a teacher, when you say, I know that's what I think. Cause I I remember being very overwhelmed and thinking, okay, you start with this big idea. And I'm like, where do Um, you go from here? Cause you, 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 you are like handing over a lot of control because it's things that come up. And it, Mm -hmm. I think that
1: part is really difficult. So what do you say to teachers? Like,
0: where do they start?
1: Right. So, um, that's funny because I literally started three days before school started and I'm like, and what do I do? I don't know. Um, I started off with a book, like my first book was lemon, uh, lemonade wars. And uh, oh, yeah. we made a lemonade stand at the end and we sold lemonade to, um, our families that came in for a family night. And then that money is actually being used for our last, um, project-based learning, um, activity, which is to create a garden. Um, and so we had, you know, again, we always, I always want to make sure that there is some kind of, um, tie to uh, some kind of, um, audience. Mm-hmm. And so in this case, um, we have to, in that case, our audience was our family members. And so um, at the end of all of it, we had the next project at the end of our year. So I had time to actually plan for it, but you can use that as a springboard um, in with a book, for example, and think like, how can students Um, learn about economics. And that book is all about economics. So that's how I started off was like, I'll just pick a book and what can I do to kind of help facilitate an engineering activity? Because I wanted that to be a component, every single unit that I did. Um, But I would start with that. And, you know, I just didn't have enough money, like to just keep buying new project-based learning um, projects. Um, I did go online and just kind of get ideas. Um, There are some great Free project-based learning sites mm-hmm. out there, um, and so um, in my um, presentation that I'm going to be doing for STEMCon, Yay! Uh, yes, I can't wait. Um, I do have some of those sites um, that I am sharing out. Um, I do. I did make a calendar of like the different types of things I wanted to do throughout the year. I ended up doing a baseball unit um, for the uh, my last one because mm-hmm. we were tying in our seven habits that we're doing for um, for our leader and me. Mm-hmm. And oh, I actually wow. had my son come in and he presented because he's a baseball player in college. And we had the head baseball coach from our town come in with him who was um who it took over my husband's position. So we kind of tied it into that. And then we talked about um, leader and me and being able to think um, first things first and a win-win. So we tied in that, that last project that we did with just something that we were doing at school. And we had um we actually had a canned food drive for. Our local, um, our local um, food pantries, and we have two in our community. And the students actually bagged them up and made sure that they had enough. And they actually facilitated the food drive. And so, you know, even if it's. Just counting and graphing. That's what we did for our math tie-in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to be able to host that event um and to be able to make flyers and to be able to make um, you know, the the informational, you know, things in the hallway and to create mm-hmm. the boxes for them all. It doesn't always have to be hey, I'm tying in a reading book or I'm tying in some math yes. concept. I can put it all together with something that like is so good for kids to know how to do um, because it's a life skill. And I'm finding with my enrichment kids and these, this really high level learners, um, they need that kind of challenge and they need to let their brain like do that. And it is humbling for them too, which sometimes our kiddos that, that are really, really bright, you know, that was new to me. was like. Mm-hmm. I'm so smart. I'm so, mm, I heard that it's a lot. Easy for or, me. Know, yes. I, it's so easy. easy for me. It's
0: like they miss out on that productive struggle element that we yes. are trying to hit with our, you know, like a typical yes. student. But then in this case, it, it they can see because they, you know, oftentimes will go through life and be like, this is so easy, so easy, so easy. And they right. don't know what to do when all of a sudden it's not easy. Right. So I think
1: it's really important. And I think passion projects can be um, a project-based learning as well. Um, I also have realized I needed to be very organized in how I um, keep all my sheets. Um, if I'm making an activity sheet for them or a record sheet, um, I formulated a rubric because I really needed them to be held accountable for their time, which when you allow kids to facilitate their own learning and project-based learning is that, um, I needed to have some control over how they were utilizing their time and assessing themselves and assessing each other and holding themselves accountable for their time management, which that's a life skill too. Uh, I know. Absolutely. I think it's so interesting
0: because the little experience that I had wasn't, it wasn't with gifted and talented, talented. It was actually with like struggling readers. So my project, it was, I was out of the classroom. I forgot. I forgot about this part. I was out of the classroom and I was, (laughs) I, I know I'm like, Oh my goodness. I, this is the one year it was in 2011 that I didn't, I wasn't teaching second grade. I was teaching, I was teaching all the kids in my grade level that needed a remediation. We had 13 second grade classes. So they came to me like in groups at different times during the day. So I took (laughs) all those kids and we did this transform apathy into engagement, transform apathy from reading or about reading into Uh, engagement. And it, it was unbelievable. Like it was so unbelievable. And, And even though they, it was challenging for them too, but it wasn't. They directed so much that it was. It's almost like that zone of proximal development. That's what it makes me think of, like Vygotsky's yes. zone of proximal development. It's not too hard. It's not too easy. It's like that optimal part of of right. learning. It was such a cool experience and they were so invested now. And these are students that normally are not. Oh
1: my gosh. I'm finding like, they're like, can we take like in the, like at the beginning of it all, I didn't know quite like, do I send stuff home? Do I just do it during our time that we're together? And it's limited because I'm at two schools and I'm, I'm switching my time between them what I'm finding is they're like so excited. They're like, I'm going to take it home. And they do, they take it home and yeah. they're excited about their learning and they want to share on Seesaw. And when they, yes. And they really yeah. do.
0: They really want to keep, and I think that is the coolest thing. One of the, it was funny because this is a little side note, but yeah. my second graders were interviewing kindergartners and first graders about that was the first part where they were interviewing them, how they felt about reading. And every, all the students had their various opinions, but there was this one little girl in kindergarten and she was like, I hate reading. And so we were asking her some other things. Nope. I hate it. I'm never going to, I don't want to read. I hate reading. And I have never seen a a person so basically apathetic at that age. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I know I am going to get that student in the future. And what happens? Two years later, here she comes into my first grade classroom, and I was like, "I am going to convince you to love uh, reading." Like converting. that is like, and, it, and I did, but it took a long time. It took so long. She was—I knew it, though. You know, when you just know, you're like, "Oh, I'm totally going to get that student." I just knew that was going to happen.
1: But I anyway. think, like the whole idea of like working with higher level learners too—it's—it's it's mm-hmm. a unique challenge, and and some of it is like they're perfectionists. So some of that, like. I'm learning as I'm going, like how to say, this is the deadline. This is a cutoff. And if you're not done in that time period, you are getting graded as is. Um, And you, you have to be held accountable to a deadline. And I think that was a struggle for them at first because they wanted, it doesn't look perfect. It doesn't, it's not perfect. It's Okay. Yeah. So I think that was a little overwhelming at first for them. And so um if I did a, like a little mini like we're going to make a newspaper or we did like a um um like right at the beginning of the year um, after a lemonade wars, we ended up doing like a little newspaper um, because we needed them to set deadlines and learn what a deadline was. And so we had an editor and we had like that whole thing and they had to write about something um, that they were working on in, in class. Mm-hmm. And then also each person did something different where one person did something that was going on with our encore, like um, yeah, science. so they did
0: like an actual, yeah. like yeah. each person had their yeah. own story to tell. Yep. Yeah.
1: And then did you, and you probably,
0: did you think of this in advance, or this was something that you, I, you went, were, I that together. No, I was going to say, you responded to yes. what was happening in the situation, which is one of the things that I love about
1: project based learning. Right. It, and you are responding. Right. Exactly. Like finding, Um, th- and, you know, I would suggest if you're not quite sure what to do for project based learning to really look in your newspaper. Mm -hmm. Um, To look at events that are going on in your community, um, to find out things that are going on in school um, and tie that in. And like I said, if you're struggling, there is a ton of things on Teachers Pay Teachers. But like I said to myself, like, I am going to figure this out. I need to learn about project-based learning. I need to problem solve. Um, I have created a board now. Like I started reading like blogs and things like that with some people that already were doing it. And I made a board for the kids so that they could get their sheets and they knew the deadlines. They really are into deadlines now. Mm -hmm. So they're like, what do we have to do now? And so we have it set. So they know that these are the deadlines. And again, I have some of those sheets that, that I'm using and that I created included in um, my, um, my, at the end of my presentation thing to give away, because it is like, we don't all want to like start from scratch. And we, if we don't understand it, um, you know, that's the hard part. And I also made some cards up for them as well. And thinking about like what I did, I made little cards for myself. This is what I'm going to do. This is how it's going to, these are going to be, um, the people involved and it's going to be, um, who we are presenting this to, mm-hmm. um, what is the outcome going to be? Um, we have some money set aside for next year for our playground. I didn't know that until like, just like two weeks ago. And I thought, oh my gosh, maybe we can figure out how to, um, um, go and look online for how much it costs for, um, different playground equipment. What would we like? Could we pull the the kids, you know, and find out what they would want on their playground and then actually present that to the principal and say, yeah, this so is what cool. we think we would want. So I, I'm like, that's my next, like, I haven't, it's in my brain right now. Yes. You just <laughs> got to figure it all out. It's kind of like mapping, mapping it out. Yeah.
0: No, I think that's so exciting. I love that. So you're, you're, you're talking at STEM con, which we know yes. it's coming around the corner. So tell me, tell what's the name of your session. We'll
1: have to make sure that it's we actually learning about project-based, le- project-based learning basically, Um, because it is, it's like, I, I was, I was doing STEM so much last year and so many years in the past and I don't not do STEM. Um, I do that with my third graders. I actually teach third grade in the morning. Um, I balance it with a print, the halftime principal. We have a really small um, school, one of our country schools in our district. Mm -hmm. So I actually team with the principal because he's a halftime principal. So in the morning I'm third grade and we just did um, we actually just made pagodas today and we did our dragon puppets and our um, everything to go along with um, the Chinese new year. So I'm using STEM with my third grade but also I'm using STEM with our our primary learners. So my other presentation is um, STEM in the primary grades. So yeah, I I just have on, it's, it's just looks. Oh, you're just taking a little bit of a twist. Yeah. 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 Yes. I think that's, you're
0: using all the things that you know about integrating transdisciplinary thinking and learning and then bringing it to a project-based learning. No, I love
1: that. I think that's really, I I think you actually have a leg up. Right yeah and the only other thing is i would say like it's not always about like making something and the, the kids love the engineering part when i can put that into play Um, so this one was a big one, you know, they got to make these, oh, I can't wait to share the pictures on Instagram. So you'll have to check out science school year at Instagram next week, because we're presenting to our, our, um, other classes next week. So I'll put all those pictures up there. But, um, one thing is it's not always about like something they engineer. They could make a brochure. They could, like I said, we made a newspaper. We're making a garden. Um, we're growing, um, our, our vegetables for sale. I mean, there's lots of things that we're doing, um, that isn't the engineering part. It could be like the science component, which is our garden site. It could be math and buying seeds, which is what they've had to start thinking about because we're purchasing seeds with our money coming up in the next few weeks. So um, those are things that you can tie in every aspect of STEM and it doesn't just have to be the engineering component. It can be the overall big picture yeah. of STEM and including art, you know, so Steam, it's awesome.
0: So cool. I love it. I'm so excited. I can't wait to see your sessions at STEM Con.
1: Thank you. I am Ooh. so glad we were able to talk about it again. Yeah, me like, too. Right again. I'm like I me so, too. Many,
0: so many I know it's like oh I want to go really do that.
1: <laughs> Where can people find you? Ah, yes. Um, I, my Instagram is science schoolyard. I do have, um, a group, uh, on Facebook called surviving K five science and STEM. Um, so you can get ideas there. Um, we have people sharing out, um, how to tie science and STEM together. Um, you can find me on, on, on K five science, um, um, gal, a K five science gal at gmail.com. If you have any questions and want to send that out, um, I have a blog science schoolyard, so there's, I'm and a store on TPT. So <laughs> I, you send me your links and I'll, I'll put I them all
0: in the show notes so people can find okay. you and get to you.
1: I'm so glad we were able to talk today. I'm, I'm excited about, um, what this can look like. And again, just because, um, you might not teach enrichment doesn't mean you can't do project-based learning. Yes. Because, sure. um, yep, yeah. yes
0: that's what I just said. Even for myself, I, I, I did it with, you know, with kids that yeah. were needed remediation. So yeah, Perfect. that's great.
1: All right. Thank you. Thank you so much. Have a great rest of your day. Hi,
0: and I hope that you have a great rest of your day as well. So I think that is a really exciting thing to think about project-based learning. Again, don't let yourself get super frustrated. There's tons of resources out there, lots of free resources as well. And I know Apple has a lot of, of information on this because they've been working on it for quite some time. So that that is something you, you want to check out. And I know that there's just a ton of good stuff out there. So look at that, find something to help you, give you a, a good start the key to this and we didn't say it I don't feel like we said it in the show so I want to say it after like now start small you might want to start small if you go for these big elaborate projects where you're integrating everything in the world um they're awesome they're amazing they're so they're so worth it but you do feel a little overwhelmed, and so I think if you start a little smaller and you kind of dip your toe in and start to see the magic that can occur, then you are more likely to continue. That's just my thought. You do whatever you do, and you know I'm sure you will make it amazing. I'd love to hear about it. So if you want to share, send me an email, tdeborahy at trina Debrey, teaching and learning. Dot com. I'd love to hear that and or you can leave a review or you can leave a comment on Apple, which would be really, really great too, or even on my website. So the last thing, one thing I want to tell you because it's coming up, this is it. This is like one of the last times we're going to talk about STEMCon, at least for this year. And that's for you to join us at STEMCon 2022. STEMCon and beyond. You can find information at TrinaDeveryTeachingAndLearning.com forward slash STEMCon22. I hope to see you. This one tired teacher is motivated, excited, thrilled, over the moon about Con. Hope to see you. Until next time, sweet dreams and sleep tight.